It was a very cruel scene. Executed in an unusual manner. Coven. Hi, Munchkin Butts. This is Cruel and Unusual, the podcast. I'm Tori. I'm Katie. And welcome to our mini episode. So, Katie. Yes? You have no idea what I'm talking to you about today. I haven't the slightest clue. And that sounded fake, but I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like a load of shit. Oh, okay. whatever are you talking about? I'm going to be talking to you about Gerald Stano. Oh, was he a serial killer? I don't know. Or was he just a serial confessor? Will you tell me? I'm going to fucking tell you. Do you know? No. Nobody uh, knows? Nobody knows. It's still an open-ended question. Kind of, sort of. Okay. Kind of, sort of, maybe. I'm here for it. Gerald Stano was born Paul Zeininger on September 12, 1951. He lived with his birth mother until the ripe age of only six months old. Oh. Yeah. What happened? She decided that she couldn't properly care for Paul, so she brought him to an orphanage and tried placing him for adoption. Quote, County doctors declared Paul unadoptable, if that's a word that was said, because he was functioning at what they described as an animalistic level, even ingesting his own feces to survive. Yikes. End quote from Murderpedia. Wow. At six months old. To survive? Yeah. Were they not feeding him? I guess not. Well, he was very malnourished. Then of course. Or would he refuse it? I guess we'll never know. I just think about Nora. Yeah. Because she's like almost, you know, give or take. Yeah. And I'm like, I could never Mm-mm. imagine. Like, I'm so glad that she gave him to the orphanage. Yeah. And, pl- and tried to place him for adoption in that way. Mm-hmm. Because she knew that she couldn't take care of him. That reminds me of Little Fires Everywhere and it breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I can't even I talk about that. Okay. The orphanage somehow took him in anyway, even though he was deemed unadoptable, quote, maybe under the pretense that he would just stay there till he was 18. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And then he would just get lost out in the world. Right. I have yeah. no idea. What ended up happening, however, is a woman who worked at the orphanage named Norma adopted him. Okay. She and her husband took him in and gave him an incredibly loving home. Hmm. They renamed Paul Gerald Stano. His parents reported that Gerald wet the bed until the age of 10, which we know was part of the McDonald triad. Mm -hmm. Um, He also had many, many temper tantrums. He was a loner with little to no friends, and he never achieved grades higher than C's, aside from music class, which he excelled in and enjoyed. Hmm. One day he was caught stealing money from his father's wallet. And his dad's like, Gerald, what the fuck? And what Gerald says is actually fucking heartbreaking. He told his father that he wanted money to pay the track team off to finish behind him so he wouldn't be seen as such a failure. Doesn't that just hurt your little heart? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Okay, so at 15, Gerald was arrested for both pulling the fire alarm at school, which apparently you can get arrested for. It's illegal, but I did not know that. Yeah. Um, And also throwing rocks at cars on a bridge. Well, yeah, that could be very dangerous. Yeah, he was a troublesome little man. The arrest didn't really seem to set him straight, however. He continued to struggle throughout the remainder of high school. I just want to quickly say that 
just because, like, let's say you have a kid and they get all C's, that does not mean that they're going to be a fucking serial killer. Right. This is just his backstory. Let's look at Katie. Yeah. <laughs> let's look at young Katie. Did not get good grades. Did not go to school. Did not try or give a fuck. Pierced my so, face in like 10 different places. Yeah. So this is not, I just want to make sure that we give a little disclaimer. Don't worry. <laughs> your child is going to be a serial killer just because they're struggling through school. That's just a fucking kid thing, I feel, for a lot of kids. Right, right. Okay. I just it's wanted to hard. say that. It's hard. Yeah. Fucking school is hard because not everyone learns the same. Well, there's and so many things stuck. that are so fucking overwhelming, and, and we could yeah. go on a tangent about oh, this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Gerald did not end up obtaining his GED certificate until the age of 21. And then he went on to study computers and got a job at a hospital, but he was fired shortly after for stealing from his coworkers. Mm. Okay, so just a quick trigger warning for rape. In 1979, Gerald began possibly dating, possibly raping a mentally handicapped woman. That's a quote. Oh, no. Yeah. She ended up getting pregnant by Gerald and her father went fucking ape shit on him. He ended up showing up and confronting Gerald with a gun and threatening him that if he didn't pay for her to have an abortion, he would kill him. Well. Yeah. And we don't know all the fucking details. We have no idea for sure. I'm just going to say, well. Gerald paid up. And he never saw the woman again. All right. Gerald's adoptive parents started becoming incredibly and increasingly more and more frustrated with his behavior and his antics. His parents thought it would be a great idea to move to Florida to help take care of his grandmother. They were thinking along the lines of maybe a new environment, new scenery, new surroundings would maybe help him start to thrive or at least not be so hell-bent on getting in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. Once in Florida, Gerald hopped from job to job, always getting fired due to being late to work or stealing. At the age of 22, he was described as others as being, quote, short, pudgy, and unattractive, end quote. Here's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) Here's the thing, though. Gerald had the confidence that we all fucking aspire to have because it is said that he referred to himself as the, quote, Italian stallion. Oh, boy. Mm, wow. Honey. You know, confidence, confidence can take you a long, long ways. Just going to say it. So, I mean, in that aspect, in that regard, I would love to be a little more like Gerald. Right? Yeah. In the confidence department mm-hmm. only. At 25, he began dating a hairdresser named Teresa. At least that's what some people say her name was, but there's different reports on this. He ended up getting her to marry him somehow. Maybe because he was the Italian stallion. Yeah. Yeah. And she got him a job working in her father's gas station. Here's another trigger warning for abuse. Six months into the marriage, he started physically abusing her and she filed for divorce. Good for you, honey. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> so doesn't say anything else about, like in anything I read, anything else about uh, Teresa. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking she just got the fuck away and moved on. Right. Yeah. Love that for her. Now, Gerald is moving right along, and in 1980, he spots a woman hitchhiking. Oh, this never goes good. No, 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 honey. <sighs> she ended up accepting a ride from Gerald, because back then, hitchhiking was a popular fucking thing. It wasn't right. like now, if you see someone standing along the side of the road, and you're like, oh, honey, no. Right. Absolutely right. not. You, like, want to pull over and give them a ride, just so they don't end up with the serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> in the 80s, people did it all the fucking oh, yeah. time. 70s, 80s, and probably yeah. the 60s, I don't know. So while on this little ride, Gerald reportedly asked her to provide him a few sexual favors in payment for the ride. Mm -hmm. Oh. So supposedly this woman laughed at him 
after he suggested that and he was, was like she katie <laughs> yeah he was big time fucking triggered so he ended up stabbing her multiple times and he just kept Aww. going and going and going until the woman stopped moving Aww. he ended up discarding her remains and they were not found for two weeks Ugh. Next, he picks up a sex worker and takes her to a hotel. They do sexual things, and Gerald tells her that he hates, quote, hookers, end oh, quote. So why are yeah. you in a hotel room with a sex worker, yeah. Gerald? Yeah, you dumbass. You fucking okay. dork. He goes on a fucking rampage about his hatred for, quote, hookers, end quote. And she's just like, Jesus fucking Christ, I just want my money. Like, yeah. we're he- I'm here doing a this, job. Yeah. Not to, like, be your fucking therapist. Yeah. You can go hate sex workers fucking somewhere else. I'm yeah. not your girl. Fucking hypocrite. Okay. Yeah, go find someone that you can get laid by without having to pay them. Italian stallion. Italian. You must not have had. Okay. (laughs) Anywho. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So he pulls out a knife and threatens to kill her if she doesn't give him his money back. So apparently the transaction had already happened. Maybe she was going to leave. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. And she ended up giving him the money that he gave her plus the other $30 that she had on her. He attacked her. Cut her with a bottle opener, cut her with scissors, and stabbed her. Jesus. Yeah, then as if that wasn't enough, he threw fucking acid on her. Oh my god. Yeah. Why does he have acid? I have no fucking idea. I have no idea how that happened. Take acid away. She somehow bravely got the fuck out of that room. (gasps) She attracted attention by like running away from him and screaming, finds police, and she tells them, hey, go get him. He's over there. Please hurry up. And she tells them. They go and they apprehend him and bring him into the police station for questioning. During the questioning procedure, they let him go. (laughs) (laughs) They ask Gerald about the local murders that had been recently happening in the area. They show him a picture of a local swimmer who had been killed. And right away, Gerald was like, yep, that's her. He started saying her name, using past tense. And they were like, "Uh, okay, this has to be the guy. What? Yeah. However, this information was in the paper, too. So it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. They were like, oh, yeah, that's him for sure. Yeah. Okay. Paul Crow was the main investigator or officer on the case. And he was able to kind of befriend Gerald. So you know how there's like good cop, bad cop. You got two in there and one of them's trying to like console you. And the other one's kind of like the heavy hitter. Mm -hmm. Well, Paul was the friendly one. Okay. Paul and Gerald talked about everything and anything. And Paul kind of like weaseled his way in and Gerald really started to like him. Paul actually ended up getting a lot of confessions from Gerald during this time. Jeez. Now let's talk about Mary Carroll. Mary was on the boardwalk in Daytona after a night out with friends. Her mother was waiting for a phone call for a ride home, but Gerald overheard her and he was like, hey, I'll give you a ride. And for some reason, she thought that was a grand idea. No. He gives her a ride. And I guess they stopped for a beer on the way home. And she started complaining a bunch about things. And it really just irritated him. And once again, he started stabbing her until she died. Wow. Yeah. I would never have a chance at survival with him because... Oh, God, no. Because he later says, quote... I just can't stand a bitchy chick, end quote, when someone asks him, like, why he's killing these women. Yeah. Yeah, Italian stallion. Italian stallion. I'm the Italian stallion. Look what I can do. Next, Gerald picked up a woman named Cheryl. She had stormed off from her boyfriend and attempted to hitchhike. He picked her up. They drove around for a while. They smoked weed, reportedly. And he, once again, is like, hey, can I have sex with you? 
And she's like, fuck no, you can't. And then he strangled her to death. Fuck yourself. Please use your hand. Next, Gerald picks a woman named Kathy up at the bar. Once again, they're drinking, they're driving around. Gerald decided to pretend that his car was messing up, so he veered off the road and he opened up the hood. She got out of the car and he shoots her several times. What? Yeah, no rhyme or reason. Mm -hmm. Barbara, who was 17 at the time was pulled over on the side of the road, having car trouble of her own. Gerald noticed, and as he drove past, he connected the dots that they both had the same vehicle. So he pulls over and he's like, hey, look, we have the same vehicle. Maybe I can help you. And she's like, well, fuck yeah. Like, please, you know, I need help. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, well, let me jump it for you. And she's probably like grateful. You know what I mean? Like, I can just see this in my head. Relieved. Yeah. He then is like, okay, let me get in the car. I'm going to drive it around and test it. That way we can just make sure it's okay before I leave. Time passes, like a lot of time. And Barbara's like, okay, I'm fucking getting uncomfortable. Like, what the fuck? Why are we riding around in a car together? Right. And she starts pressuring him to let her leave. And Gerald gets annoyed, reaches over, hits her in the head. Very fucking hard. He pulls over, ties her up, and strangles her. God. Yeah. And she's found in her own car, dead. It's like he wants them to be okay with the shit that he says and does. Yeah. And the second that they're not. And if not, they're called bitchy chicks. Yeah. Because they don't want to fuck him. Right. Disgusting. I hope he gets worms in his butt. Um, so Gerald is talking to Paul, going off about all of these murders that he committed, and the police officers are like, really? Like, how the fuck did this idiot get away with so many murders? Right. The thing that I noticed about this was he had absolutely, like, no real method to his killings. He shot people. He stabbed people. He strangled people. He hit people over the head. Right. He never, like, did the same thing. And a lot of serial killers besides Dick do the exact same thing every Mm -hmm. time, you know? Yeah, yeah. It also seemed like Gerald had a little something else uncommon with other male serial killers. A lot of the male killers that we hear about sexually assault their targets... Mm-hmm. All of the women that Gerald confessed to killing were completely untouched. I was wondering that because that was such sex was such a big yeah. part of of his little deal. Yep. They hmm. were not raped or sexually assaulted in any way. Wow, I'm surprised. I mean, I'm glad, but I'm surprised. Yeah. So in total, the police department ended up with 41 confessions of murder. 41? Yes. He ends up being sentenced to die via the electric chair. He's found guilty of nine of the 41. But he's only given the death sentence for one. Well, that's all it takes. Yeah. He tried appealing this multiple times. Of course. Obviously unsuccessfully. Mm -hmm. So on March 23rd of 1998, he was finally fried in the electric chair. The source I used didn't have the name of all 41 potential murders listed, but they did have the following names that I want to mention. Kathy Lee Scharf, Mary Carol Marr, Tony Van Haddocks, Nancy Hurd, Linda Hamilton, Ramona Neal, Susan Hamilton, there was a Jane Doe, Susan Basile, Mary Kathleen Muldoon, Sandra Dubose, Barbara Bauer, and Susan Bickress. Wow. I, how have I never heard of him? Would you like to know about his last meal? Is it really gross? No. Okay, sure. No. It's annoying. It's annoying to me. Let's hear it. He had steak, a baked potato, sour cream, bacon bits mm. salad with blue cheese dressing ew blue yeah. cheese no lima beans what a half gallon of mint chocolate chip ice cream wow and a two liter of pepsi that's infuriating to me because mm. i feel like he got all this shit and mm. i don't even get that 
You know what I mean? Right. Like, tell me. I Half the time I I'm scraping croutons <laughs> for my lunch, trying to eat real quick while she's pooping. Oh. You know? Tori doesn't need your donations for food, by the way. That's not what she means. <laughs> no, but I just mean I don't have fucking time. It's annoying. I know. I know. Like, he got steak. <laughs> Ugh. I know. Fuck you, Gerald Stanel, you know Paul. But, um... There is a little bit more to the story. Oh, I thought we were finito. We're not finito, honey. Okay, so Gerald's stories were fucking weird. We know that. Yeah. And obviously a lot of the shit didn't add up. Many people think that he loved the attention, despite it being negative attention. Mm. He just, he, he, his early life, I guess, maybe in Prince. Yeah. I don't know, you know, but he really wanted the attention. So I'm not sure if you remember Mr. Paul Crow, the lead investigator. Yes. He compiled a list of all of these cold cases in the area, and he got together with his newfound buddy, Gerald, and he basically spoon-fed him information for confessions. (gasps) Yeah. So wait, he didn't do it? We don't know. Quote, Many believe that he was actually a serial confessor, including Stano's arresting officer, Detective James Gadbury, who challenged the decision to accept Stano's first confessions as valid, and... In 1986, signed a legal affidavit stating unequivocally that Sergeant Paul Crow was responsible for quote-unquote spoon-feeding Stano the intimate details of unsolved homicides, end quote. Wow. That came directly from a detective on the case. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, and Paul was already being investigated for being just a shitty fucking dude. Yeah. And this is how all of this kind of came about. Wow. So he probably did like attention. And detective wanted to look real good. Look at all yeah. these cold cases I'm and, solving. Yeah. And clearly he was not the, the best fucking dude anyway, because he had the sex worker in there threatened to kill her like that happened. Right. You know yeah, what I that's mean? That's true. But I fucking hate when, if that's true, I hate when cops and detectives do that fucking shit because who is it helping besides you? Right. It's nothing but personal gain. There's still killers out there. There's still unsolved fucking shit. It's so selfish. Mm -hmm. Quote, according to Gadbury's affidavit, Stano merely parroted the information back to Crow, while other veteran homicide officers later made statements to the effect that they, too, had witnessed Paul Crow, quote unquote, helping Stano to confess to crimes he hadn't committed, end Mm. quote. In 1996, Paul Crow was removed for corruption from his position. Wow. In 2007, the FBI concluded some of the evidence found at a crime scene that was recovered did not belong to Gerald. It was pubic hair. Okay. And they were able to figure out that it did not belong to him. And guess what? Hmm. That crime that they found the pubic hair at was the one crime that he was sentenced to the electric chair for. Oh, my God. Isn't that wild? Wow. Yeah. When he was in the process of his appeals, obviously before he died, Gerald said, quote, I am innocent. I am frightened. I was threatened. I was held month after month without any real legal representation. I confessed to crimes I did not commit, end quote. So like I said earlier, many people think that he didn't commit any murders. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think he didn't, or a lot of people think that he didn't kill as many as he had said. Right. There was a true crime book actually called Blind Fury that was published. And that was about his life. Okay. And the crimes that he maybe fucking committed that we don't really know. Mm-hmm. To close out this case, I want to tell you about a quote that came from one of the victim's brothers. Quote, I said... Die, you monster. Yes. The power slammed into him and he jerked as much as he could and that was it. 
I saw the life going out of his hands. I felt like a ton of bricks had been lifted off my back. Afterward, me and my brother smoked cigars to celebrate. I can't express the feeling. I felt so much better. I'm so glad Florida has the guts to keep the electric chair. At least there was a split second of pain. With lethal injection, you just go to sleep. In the end, Gerald Stano had confessed to the... In the end, Gerald Stano had confessed to the murders of 41 women. While many of his confessions never made it to court, and several of the victims have yet to be identified, most police officials consider the cases closed, end quote. And that's wow. the story of Gerald Stano. That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. And I was surprised I had never heard of him before. Yeah. I had no idea who he was. If you, Cruel Coven, would like to send us a story or a um, suggestion... You can do that at cruelandunusualthepod at gmail.com. Uh-huh. That's our Insta, too, is at cruelandunusualthepod. What's the Twitter? Oh, Twitter is at cruelunusualpod. I tweet. She tweets. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Join us in our Facebook group. That is cruelandunusual, colon, the group. Mmm, how profound. Yeah. Yeah, honey. And you can see our sources at... www.cruelinkmedia.com Hey. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) Woo, I'm a talent. (laughs) Our Patreon and merch is in our link tree all over hell. So, go look for that. We hope you have a lovely Tuesday. We hope you have a great day. We love you. We're going to be back on Thursday for a regularly scheduled full episode. We're coming for you. Munchkin butts. Munchkin butts. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.